You are listening to the audio from Grace Bible Church. This audio message is a recording from our Sunday morning worship service. We hope you enjoy. If you have a copy of God's Word with you, I'd encourage you to turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 is where we're going to be hanging out uh, this morning. And if you don't have a Bible with you, I'd encourage you to grab that Black Pew Bible right in front of you. You can turn to page 855, and you'll be able to follow along with us as we uh, walk through uh, our portion of Scripture for today. I just really encourage you folks to do that, to have a copy of God's Word in your hand, to be able to to read and to meditate even as I'm uh, speaking to you this morning. So we are in our second week of our series called The Life Change of Christmas. Basically, where we're studying how the coming of Jesus changed the lives of Joseph, Mary, the shepherds, and the wise men. And listen, our goal for these messages isn't just to recount the Christmas story. Um, our goal isn't just to, to, so that you can hear the same portions over again. Our prayer is that you would read this almost for the very first time, and that God would impact your hearts Uh, the very same way that he did when he crashed into the lives of of these characters um, so, so many years ago. So last week, we we looked at Jesus' stepfather, Joseph, and learned the importance of listening to and trusting God's voice when faced with difficult choices. And this morning, we're we're going to look at the life of Mary, Jesus' mother. So while Joseph exemplifies just being able to discern God's voice. Mary is an example of obedience. And so today, as we we walk through Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, this passage gives us a picture of God's call on our lives as we learn to follow after him. And so, and it really is my prayer that as as we look at Mary's life today, that we would not only see what obedience looks like, but God would begin tugging on our own hearts and, and call us to a deeper walk in fellowship, really, with him. But before we can get into Luke chapter 1, um, I really think that, think that it's important that we kind of take a step into Mary's life. You see, normally when it comes to Mary, there are two extremes that happen. There, there, there's one extreme where we give Mary too much honor. Where, where we put Mary almost, almost on the same level or ahead of Jesus. That isn't what scripture says. But the other extreme is, is really also true. Where we don't give Mary enough esteem, enough honor. Um, the Bible does say that she is blessed among women. That, that, that if, if, if Gabriel and, and if other people esteemed Mary... Um, it's okay for us to be able to esteem her a little bit as well. And it's not because of anything that, that she did. It really was her humble submission and obedience to what God was doing in her life. And so what scripture says about Mary is that Mary was a teenage girl, Jewish girl, girl born in a humble town of, of Nazareth. Mary was poor and most likely couldn't read. Mary was engaged to a Jewish carpenter named Joseph. So as with Jewish culture, the two families had agreed on the marriage. I love that. Man, I I have two girls. I'm all down with that. That's a a cool thing. I know that doesn't happen often. But the the families agreed on the marriage. Um, Joseph paid a betrothal price to, to Mary's family 
And then their engagement was announced uh, to the public. And after that, after that, after that first announcement, um, there was about a year waiting period. But the thing, though, is that once they were announced, the only thing that could break up that relationship was either by death or by divorce. It had a lot more weight to it than what what we have in an engagement period here here within our culture. So the engagement lasted for about a year, about a year again, followed by a wedding ceremony. From all indicators, Mary's life would not be really that special. She would marry humbly, give birth to numerous poor children, and never travel farther than a few miles from her home. She would be a nobody in a nothing town in the middle of nowhere. But it's in this context that God broke into a poor peasant, peasant girl's world. And this is where we find Mary as we open up Luke chapter 1, verses, 20, verses 26 through 33. And I want to just walk through the portion with you this morning. Um, beginning at verse 26, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Church, I want you to notice how humble Mary is here. Mary had no idea why God was, 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 was reaching out to her. She didn't think she was special. She didn't know of God's plan from the beginning. It wasn't like she was sitting there when Gabriel came and said, Gabriel, God, I've been expecting you. Where in the world have you been? Mary didn't do that at all. Mary was actually questioning why God had chosen her, why God would break into her world and, and find favor with her at all. But in the middle of that, as she tries to discern why God has chosen her, Gabriel reveals what God had chosen her to do. Continuing in verse 30, it says, And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, for you, have, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Friends, Gabriel revealed to Mary what God had chosen her for. And he said that you will conceive. And that, that word conceive isn't just something that's going to happen farther on down the road, somewhere in the future, after she, her and Joseph come together. He says, no, this is going to happen now. But he says, you will conceive in the immediate future and bear a son. And as Gabriel um, shared with her the message, her mind may have gone to 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 8 through 16, where God promises that one day he is going to bring a Savior, a Messiah, from the line of David, who will, who will sit on his throne and reign over, over the tribe of Judah forever. See, what God was saying here is that Mary, through your obedience... I'm going to bring the promised Messiah that my people have been waiting for for thousands of years. 
Mary, as she's trying to take all of this in, she kind of almost hits a roadblock. She's thinking on her feet. And in verse 34, and Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? Says Gabriel, how, how is any of this going to happen? How am I going to conceive in the immediate future while, while Joseph and I are waiting to be married? How, is it, how can this ever be possible um, outside of doing something outside of God's will? See, Joseph and Mary, we're trying to do things right. We're trying to follow God's plan. And outside of doing something sinful or outside of God's will, there was no way that Mary was going to be able to conceive in the immediate future. But Gabriel then responds in verse 35. says, and the angel answered her, said, the Holy One will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who has called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am your servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. Church, Gabriel's response to Mary's question is absolutely incredible. See, Gabriel announces that the child will not, be conceived, will not be conceived through natural means. That the Holy Spirit would actually come upon Mary and the power of the Lord would overshadow her. Therefore, the child to be born was going to be called Holy, the Son of God. Church, this verse is so rich with theological truths. To be able to understand that that, that Jesus, the Son of God, would be both fully God and fully man. That he would be fully God. That he would be righteous and holy and sinless and perfect. That he would literally be God in the flesh. But Jesus would also be fully man. That God, that God and the Holy Spirit would conceive in Mary and allow, allow really Mary's genes probably to be part of who Jesus was, to make him fully human as well. So he is fully God, sinless, righteous, holy, perfect, but he is fully man, able to stand as our substitute and our sacrifice for our sins. The gospel is intertwined so much into that one verse as we see God preparing the perfect sinless sacrifice that will one day hang on a cross so that you and I can experience everlasting life and the forgiveness of sins. So Gabriel says, yes, Mary, this isn't going to be a, a birth by any natural means. God is going to break through and do something absolutely incredible. And he said, just to kind of give some added benefit, just to ease your mind a little bit, your relative Elizabeth, who is old and barren, is now six months pregnant with a child, for nothing will be impossible with God. Mary's response in verse 38 is, is where we get, is where we get the concept of obedience. She said, Behold, I'm your servant. I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Friends, after listening to Gabriel's message, Mary submits to the will of God. 
She says, Lord, I don't understand this, and I don't think I'm worthy of it, but I will obey and follow after you. And this, this is a picture of precisely what Andrew Murray says about obedience. Andrew Murray says, obedience is giving up my will for the will of another. That's simply what obedience is. Obedience is, is putting aside what I want, my desires, my expectations, and saying, I'm going to follow after someone else's. Now, kids, is obedience to your parents easy? No. Parents, is obedience to your Heavenly Father easy? No. So often in, in, in our household, I just want my kids to know that we're all, we're all, we all submit to someone. And at this moment, my, our four kids have been put under our, under our authority for us to, for, for Melanie and I to raise them up, to nurture them, to, to show them what it looks like to follow after Jesus. And there's some, some authority there, and there's times where, where we require that they listen to us. But that same authority we come under, our Heavenly Father, as God places calls upon our life as well. But obedience is never easy. There's always risk, risks involved, right? It's, it's, saying that, it's saying that the other person, the person in authority, knows what is best for my life. That person over me who's calling me to do something, um, their way is more important than, than my way, my desires, what I want, my own expectations. And obedience always comes with a risk. And this is where Mary's story comes to life for us today. And with the time I have left, I want to point out three observations from Mary's obedience and how God calls us to do the same thing in our lives today. So church, the first thing that we see Mary do is that Mary obeyed when it seemed impossible. Mary obeyed when it seemed impossible. See, Mary submits to God's will even though it seems incredibly impossible. Older women had gotten pregnant before and had, and had kids. Elizabeth wasn't the first person to ever have a, have a child in her old age. Mary would be the one and only person ever in all of history to have the Holy Spirit conceive a, a child inside of her womb and, and, have, and, and give birth to the Son of God. Never happened before, never will happen again. Imagine as a young teenage girl getting that message. And friends, you may feel like today that God is calling you to obey in an impossible situation. For some, God is calling you to forgive someone who has wronged you deeply. And you can't bring yourself to do it. For others, you feel God calling you to step up and lead and lead your family well or, or, or to step up and lead within, within your group of friends or in your company, whatever it may be. But yet you feel ill-equipped and unable to complete the task. We look at our situation, our capabilities, and past and think God can never work and break through here. How often do, do we read scripture and we see God's call upon our life? 
God's call to come away from sin. God's call to, to share the good news of the gospel. God's call to lead our family well, to encourage others, to, to be able to, to say no to certain things. And you, think, and you think of your track record. I have never had victory over this sin. I have tried before and I failed. Um, I look at my, my own gifting and think there is no way I, God can accomplish that within my life. Friends, this is where Mary's story speaks to our own situation. Because I want to I remind you of two things that God promised Mary when he proposed, when, he, when, he, when Gabriel proposed the message that she would give birth to the Son of God. He says that the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you and the power of God will come upon you. Church, in your situation, God promises that same thing. That as you feel helpless and useless, as you look at what God is calling you to do and say, there is no way I can do it, God is saying, you're never going to do this thing alone. And that when God calls us to something, he's also going to provide everything that we need to do it. And the, the, the moral of this message isn't just that, you to, that for you to try harder and keep at it. The moral of the story actually is God saying, just trust me and take the first step. Trust that I'm going to show up. Trust that my presence is going to be able to break through when need be. Trust that my power is going to be enough to do what, what I have called you to do, whatever that may be. Mary obeyed when it seemed impossible, where it didn't look like God was going to break through. But then God did. And friends, I just believe that there are so many of us where God is waiting to do something amazing in our lives. But we need to take the first step and believe that he can do it. That we need to believe that God is going to break through. That we need to believe that God is going to keep his word. And obedience simply is this, is trusting God and taking action. It is leaving the period at the end of a promise instead of inserting a question mark. How many of us have done that? We find a promise of God where God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, period. And then we take that same promise and say, I will never leave you or forsake you, question mark. And we doubt what God is willing and able to do within our lives. Church, Mary is calling us today to obey God even when it seems impossible. The second thing that we see from Mary's obedience is that Mary obeyed when she didn't have all of the details. Think about it. Think back to how much Mary knew from Gabriel. wasn't much, right? Mary knew that she was supposed to name her son Jesus. Mary knew that this son was going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit. And that was kind of about it. Mary also knew that, that, that her son was was going to be great. So in the age of birth plans and birth music and everything else, there was none of that. God didn't tell Mary when she was going to have the baby, how Joseph was going to respond to, to the announcement that I've been, I've, I'm pregnant with a, with a child of the Holy Spirit. 
Um, God, didn't, God didn't give Mary an instruction manual on how to raise the Son of God. Can you imagine the pressure? Like Mary would have felt like, like that whole, I don't know, when, when, when Mel and I took, uh, took our first labor classes or whatever, there's that thing, don't, don't shake the baby. And they, and they played it over and over and over again. Like every like, third slide was just this flashing message, don't shake the baby. I don't like, and that, that freaked me out. The first time I held, I, held my, I held Jackson, I was really, really worried about that. Can you imagine the pressure that Mary felt? How often, how often she just wondered, am I doing this right? How is all of this going to work out? Mary didn't have any, any of those details. And church, I've come to realize that obeying God is a lot like driving in, in the fog. Some of you have ever driven between here and like the, the Lehigh Tunnel. You hit it on a good foggy day, you really can't see that much. You see what's five feet in front of you, ten feet in front of you, but that's, that's all you can see. Obeying God is a lot like that. Obeying God means that I can only see what is directly in front of me. I have no idea what's ahead. I have no idea what's coming, but I'm trusting God for what, for what he has brought right in front of my face. See, I've struggled with wanting to know every detail of my life. I have struggled. I, I, am, a, I am a planner, and so I want to have all the details figured out. Whenever we go on, on a vacation, I plan everything. I'm that guy that's no fun to go on, on a vacation with because I have an itinerary and I like this is where we're going to stop and this is this is all all these things. I love to plan. Part of obedience is trusting God with your tomorrow with while obeying him today. And church for some of you here Mary Mary's message to you this morning simply is this is that don't worry about the next 5 years. Worry about doing the next right thing. Mary didn't have what, what the next nine months were going to look like. Mary didn't have what, what raising the Son of God was going to look like. But Mary had these two details and the call to obey. And sometimes that's all God gives us. And let me tell you something, guys. If you, if you obey God, if you trust him by doing the right thing today, and then the next day, and then the next day, and the next day, God's going to figure out. And God's going God's, God's to lead you through what those next five years are going to look like. Mary didn't have all, all, all of the details, but she had the call to obey, and she obeyed. Mary obeyed when she didn't have all of that. And lastly, Mary obeyed despite of the cost. See, Mary, Mary's obedience, just like our obedience, doesn't come without risk. See, Joseph could have decided to divorce her, and she could have been stoned for becoming pregnant outside of wedlock. Mary endured the looks, the gossip, and the rumors that Jesus was a product of a sinful act. All it would take, two questions. Mary, how long have you and Joseph been married? And then, how old is, is your oldest son? That's all it would take. Mary went through her entire life people thinking that she was promiscuous by saying yes to God here. And even after the birth of Jesus, things did not get easier for her. 
See, when, jo- when Jesus was, was 12 years old, Mary lost him for three days. Remember that? While he was speaking with the religious leaders in, in the, the temple? I lose my kids for like five minutes. That's like the longest five minutes of my life. Like, let alone three whole days. And I know way back then, they didn't care as much. Listen, you're a parent. You still care. Like, this was before cell phones. This is where you just let your kids go and do whatever. I get that. But as a parent, you lose your kids for three days. That's going to that, that's gonna do a, a number on your heart. Sometime after that, that experience, when Jesus was 12, Joseph, Joseph died. And so Mary's now left as a widow. And in John chapter 19, as Jesus is hanging on the cross, Mary witnessed her firstborn son be crucified. Mary obeyed despite the cost. But church, the last, the last place we see Mary in Scripture in the book of Acts, Mary is linking arms with, with other believers, uh, praying praying to God and lifting up their voices in worship to him. And if she could look back over her entire life and look back on what the one decision of obedience did for her, I think she would sum it up simply in this phrase, is that obedience to God isn't always easy, but it is always worth it. See, Mary's yes to God the day when Gabriel came and announced God's plan changed Mary's life forever. Mary got to feel the Savior of the world kick and move within her womb for nine months. Mary had the privilege of raising Jesus as he grew in favor with both God and man. And not only did Mary's obedience bring her joy, but it blessed countless other people after her, after her who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus. All of this happened because of one simple yes to God. And friends, this morning, I want to leave you simply with one question. It simply says, where is God calling you to obey today? Where is God calling you to say yes to him? Where is God calling you to trust him, even though it seems impossible And church, your yes to God today, despite your lack of details, despite it being impossible and despite the cost, can bring blessing to someone else tomorrow. Dads, your yes to God today to lead your families well, to love your wife well, can be a blessing for generations to come. Your kids will have the example of what it looks like to come under the authority of someone else and to follow after and pursue Jesus with all that you have. For others here, your yes to reaching out and sharing the gospel with someone can change someone's life forever. It literally can transfer them from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Your one yes of of obedience to God to to share the gospel, share the good news with someone when God tugs on your heart can have an eternal impact. And for some of you here today, your yes to saying no to sin and doing things God's way can be an example for other people to follow. 
teens, young adults, your yes to God for following God's plan for marriage and sexuality can be an example for those who are coming before you but are watching what you're doing. Your yes can be a blessing to someone else today. Church, I know it's scary. And I know it's hard. And I know that there are sins in my life that, that I have been saying no to God for a long time. And it's time for me to begin saying yes to God and following his way and his plan in that area of my life. And so if you're here today and you're scared, listen, there is risk involved. I'm not going to tell you there's not. You're not going to be able to go back to that same comfort that, that you did before. You're not going to be able to give in to that same temptation that you did before. But let me tell you this. When you, say, when you say yes to God today and obey his will for your life, it is always, always worth it. So church, as I just call the praise team and prayer team up as well, let me, let me close with this final thing. Praise team, you guys can come up. Prayer team, you guys can kind of hang out up front. We want to uh, just avail ourselves for people to pray today. But church, I, I would be remiss during this Christmas season to not include what this season is all about. Church, the Christmas story is an example of obedience. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11 states that in obedience to the will of the Father, Jesus humbled himself taking the form of a servant, coming in a humble manger, being born as a baby, putting on flesh and blood, and being born in a lowly manger. Jesus obeyed God's call to the cross so that you and I can have eternal life, the forgiveness of sins, and being able to live in the kingdom of God from this day forward. And if you were here this morning and you have never made, if you've never made that decision, to trust Jesus with your life today, to ask to have your sins be forgiven, to have, place your faith and trust solely in what Jesus has done for you. Friend, there is no better time than today to do just that. And so if you feel God tugging on your heart and you've never made that decision, I, I would encourage you to, to do a couple things. One, uh, we have just packets of information up front. The Gospel of John and a book called Ultimate Questions, um, where, where it will answer the main questions that people have about what salvation in Jesus Christ looks like. But if you would like to have a conversation, I'll be up front afterwards. Um, and if you'd like to, maybe you gotta, you got to head out real soon afterwards, I, I'd encourage you to take that Connect card in front of you. Just mark, I would like to begin a relationship with Jesus. And someone will get back to you this week to have that conversation with you. But if God is, pull, is tugging on your heart today, do not leave this place for knowing for sure that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Church, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to pray over you guys, and we're going to close with one more song today. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for the example of Mary. Lord, this, this young, poor teenage girl who was given the responsibility of carrying and, and, and giving birth to and raising the Savior of the world. God, and Mary obeyed when things seemed impossible, where it didn't look like you could ever do something like this in her life, but you did. Mary believed, God, when she didn't have all the details, when not everything was planned out, but she trusted in your goodness and your care for her. 
And God, lastly, Mary obeyed God despite the cost. God, and I pray over our church family today, God. I pray, Lord, for people that are here that are wrestling right now. God, with, with the decision of stepping out in faith and obeying you in a certain area of their life. God, I pray, Lord, that you give them wisdom and courage. Wisdom to know what to do, God, and the courage to step out in faith and do it. God, I pray, Lord, that, that if they're here and they're struggling, that they, that they would come forward and just receive prayer about that today. That knowing that you're not on this journey alone, you have a church family to come alongside of you to encourage you to take those steps. Most of all, God, I pray, Lord, that you would, that this season would be a season where these messages grip our hearts and we learn from the example of those that have gone before us. We praise you, God. Thank you, God, that we're not in this alone. And I pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Grace Bible Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, you can visit gracebiblepa.com. 